clever intro to this one because you've had the clever intro on the first one um this is part two well okay so it's mcu phase one avengers part two we did part one last week while b-rob was on the road mm -hmm. this is part two this may be two of two the way that we discuss things this may be two of three. Yeah. I'm hoping faith. this is two of two. I've got faith too. Um, I also know that the three of us, when we get together, we like to talk. <clears throat> and that's a good thing um, because we go through everything. So we always learn something. We, we really do. Yeah. Um, you guys have a lot of stuff that I don't know um, half the time. So it, it, these are fun. These are just fun to do. Um, so with that, um, welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle, and you guys might know us as Guyver and Kasich from the Twitches. If you don't, the links are down below in the bio. You can click on those things. Go give Mr. Chris here a follow. He's the one that's Guyver. Um, and uh, watch us when we do other things as well, because we do lots of things. And... Uh, Boy, this is always through follow Kasig too. Yeah, you can follow me too. Follow both of us. I don't care. Follow me, follow him, follow us both. Follow us both. Follow us both. They're a package deal. We are a package. We are deal. a package. No, don't say that. Now they're not gonna want to follow. <laughs> it's a glorious package. It's like left nut and right nut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rough nut and rough nut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. The beautiful voice that um, you guys don't know is B Rob with us again. He's been uh, with us through all. So welcome back, sir. All this MCU ness that we've been doing. So thank you. Let's start off by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, B Rob, for sticking it out for this. I know it has been a big commitment, time crunch. So we really appreciate you sticking this out with us. It's been a lot of fun having you on here because you know as much, if not more than we do about a lot of comic stuff and just a lot of nerd stuff. Yeah. So we appreciate you. When it comes to sports, B-Rob will definitely be on here because uh, Kyle and I, uh, uh, B-Rob cracked a joke earlier this week about sports, or I think it was last week, towards the end of last week. And uh, he said, I made this reference because I know you wouldn't get it. And I'm like, I got the Googles. <laughs> oh yeah, the Morgan Anderson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll so. Kick the coverage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but seriously, uh, thank, I, thanks for joining. I, pre us. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the opportunity. This is a great outlet. Um, I enjoy getting to spend time with you guys. I mm -hmm. normally wouldn't get to. Um, and I mean, I, I owe you probably at least a dozen more hours just to make up for the Captain America one. <laughs> I had to bail out, and I hated it because I love that movie. Um, but uh, no, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. This has been awesome. So. Yeah, it's it's it, it's great. We just we seriously appreciate you being on and. Like for me, I don't know about Kyle, but for me, this is a good outlet for me just to blow off steam. Like if I'm having a shitty right. week at work or just nothing's going my way. Um, I was getting a little, um, I freely admit it, getting a little depressed the older I'm getting because, you know, old friends that you have don't seem to want to talk to you as much anymore. 
they don't have time, you know, everyone gets busy. And this has just been a great outlet for me to be able to just do something fun that I've always wanted to do. So it, it's just good for me. Therapy. I agree, man, for sure. I, especially I hadn't been able to work out in the last, you know, last month or so. And um, this has really kept me in a good mood or a better mood. I don't know. Good. People I work with would challenge that if I'm ever in a good mood. Are you the grumpy guy? <laughs> You're the grumpy guy, aren't you? <laughs> you know, I've got I've got several uh, reviews that said stop being grumpy. <laughs> and during my response is, well, I need people to stop being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's got a good point. We see here you if tell you're people not that they being do dumb. I don't have to be grumpy. They do stupid stuff a lot. Well, tell them to quit doing stupid stuff, and I'll quit telling them they're doing stupid shit. So. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, it's and I'm job security too. So. Yeah. So I am going to give a shout out to uh, my wife, your wife, Kat, me, Rob, uh, just for allowing us to do this too, because it is a commitment away from the family. So thank you all for letting us do this. Uh, Kyle, what are you listening and providing yeah. feedback? Oh yeah, they have, which is, which is honestly, it's great that they're sharing an interest because um, honey, I love you, but when you talk about uh, some of your autobiography stuff, books you're reading, um, I don't know if you noticed that my eyes go vision white. Uh, and you can see the uh, little drinking bird sometimes <laughs> in my head that Homer does. So thank you, love you. Kyle, how about you? Uh, my kiddos that are slowly being more understanding. Little man, he's, he still has times where he'll uh he, he doesn't understand the the time commitment or time actually for that matter no think about it um no concept of time so uh just them allowing it and i got you know friends and the people from our community that are uh, super supportive um everybody's you know always uh listening in and we got a good group of people that, that keep listening in and even the stuff that they mm -hmm. They, they admittedly, like, I don't know anything about this. We've got ones like, I, I'm not even watching One Division, but I'm listening because it's interesting. And now I want to watch the show. So, uh, and uh, Which is the awesome. ones that we have coming up, now I'm really looking forward to that one with, with James on the prop making. I know he's super excited. Um, you know, I've got Coda Hound and me wanting to know when we're going to do the Star Wars one because he's just chomping at the bit to help out with that one. Um, we got lots of. Well, I know B Rob is yeah. too. <laughs> that one, we'll we'll have we'll have like a carousel of guests, or we'll just probably just throw everybody in all at once. Right. It'll look like the Dan Brady bunch on here, or whatever. Actually, I think it would be kind of fun to have a couple people in for the Star Wars one. Yeah. Just make because... sure you put me on when you have like five people that like absolutely hate Jar Jar Binks, and I can do that. Oh, I, I <laughs> so we just need five people. B Rob then. likes him. We only need five people then, and you'll be set. Right, right. <laughs> So it's easy it, enough. Oh, and the Star Wars one we know is going to be epic because there's the Star Wars universe is so massive and it's only expanding. So it, it's going to be a lot of episodes in Star Wars. I will tell you that. Um, there'll be a lot of debate too. Yeah. Because right. I'm in the minority where I enjoyed The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed I liked, it. All. I did too. I liked Solo. I liked Solo a lot. I did actually. like, I I like Solo, I like Rogue Solo. One, and. Um, I'm a, I'm a, oh, yeah. I was was a, a classic trilogy guy. Um, you know, the prequels I still liked. I'll still watch episode one. 
Um, I'm, I'm not that hard assed about it. Uh, but I did, I like the newer stuff because they were the first ones I actually got to see in theaters. And so there's, you know, I got to watch those with my kids. Right. So that those hold a spot for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, but well, do you think those hold a spot because you made the memories with your kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like a little kid myself when that roll started and the scroll started going the first time I'd seen it on a mm-hmm. big screen. Like I had like goosebumps. I was just shaking and my elbow and my daughter, like, check it out. We can see it, you know, and. And I may have told this story before, but when, and I'll tell it again when we do Star Wars though, but me and her started watching when she was little before she could read. And she'd always tell me, you know, daddy, read, can you read the, read that to me? And, uh, you know, when that scroll started on that one, I. Good God. Read it to yeah. me. There, that's, <laughs> so you were, re- so you were doing it in one breath. Trying to. Yeah. And then when we went and watched um, episode seven in theaters, you know, and like she could read at that point, but she still wanted me to read it to her. So that was Great. uh so I wanted to bring up the a the special shout out to our families because uh, that proves, uh, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, um, we have these interesting quirks and we're nerds, and, but we have proof we have reproduced mm-hmm. at least once. Um, at least once. I, I have tw- uh, proof twice. Um, and it's just cool to be able to share the interest with your kids too. Mm-hmm. There's I, to me, there's no greater joy and it kind of hurts my feelings. Like my oldest, she's, she's nine right now. She'll be 10 this summer. And right now, anything that I suggest she doesn't like or says is not cool and stuff. And I'm like, ha 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 ha. Then I'm like, Oh, that actually hurts my feelings. I'm like, we used to watch Sesame street together. Right. Eh, it won't get any better. I so, have to no. Um, Quick stat too. Um, you remember how we had the we were ninety nine percent U S based listeners and then one percent Ireland. Mm-hmm. We are now two percent Ireland. So thank you for the person in Ireland who told their friend, <laughs> and their friend is now listening. Yeah, they tell their friends. 1% and one percent in the U K. Hey, so we're international. So we appreciate you. Thank my Irish brethren. Cross the pond from us. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, one thing that we failed to mention at the beginning of the first podcast was who the director of this was, um, the first Avengers. Uh, we have mentioned every other director. And so, I, f- I feel that's important because that gives you a little bit of backstory of the way, why the way they told the, the story was. Um, the director for this movie, um, for the May 4th, 2012 release of The Avengers, was Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, uh, the creator of Buffy, Angel, a lot of my favorite shows. Um, one of my favorite directors and favorite storytellers. Uh, Firefly, love Firefly. Very controversial figure right now. So... Yeah, we'll say that right now. And but I think he did everything right with this movie. There's a couple parts, you know, that I may pick apart, but for the most part, this was one of my favorite movies. So I like it. I like it a lot. I I appreciate the work he did on this. I can't say. Did he write and direct, or did he just? I want to say he. I want to say he wrote and directed this. Let's uh, he was, IMDb. This he did quick. the screenplay. So your writers were 
um, Josh Whedon screenplay, Zach Penn story. There's one more. Actually, no, Josh Josh Whedon screenplay and story. So he uh, he got credits for the screenplay and for the story itself. So he yeah very heavy handed uh, yeah in and He's, yeah and he didn't produce it, so he wasn't the triple threat. No, he wasn't the triple threat, but still really good. Um. So, oh, and by the way, uh, all you guys who are asking questions in the Discord, keeping the Discord chat going, yeah. we appreciate you. That, that's exactly what we want. We want to spark debate. We want to spark um, everyone talking and just sharing their interest. If you all have an idea for a show that we aren't currently doing or have lined up, um, just yeah. let us know. So everyone's got it. Everyone's got something that they're nerdy about, and we want to cover it. So. With that, uh, we left off at like Mark 32, uh, minute 32 on Avengers, right after Coulson was talking to Steve and Natasha. And uh, they're walking away and Natasha says, you know, I thought Coulson was gonna swoon and asked if he showed him his Captain America cards yet. So we will pick up from there because she asked, you know, do you want to sign the trading cards? Um, did we ever see the trading cards before that? Or was this the first time it was even mentioned? Um, this was like the second time it was mentioned, but I don't think you yeah. see the cards until way later. Did he? Yeah, okay, yeah. he mentioned it in the Quinjet, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't see any. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or near okay. mint or something like that. Right. Because it took him forever to find them. Uh, so next thing we know, they're walking on the deck of this carrier, um, and then there's a, we see a Harrier there, um, and... That was such a cool moment when they're sitting there talking, and, and Banner's like, oh great, so I'm going to be in a submarine, I mean, act like he was going to be in a submarine. Yes, and, yes, I um, agree. And then, and then all of a sudden, they walk him and Cap, walk to the edge, and turbines come up, I mean, it, that was... That was a really, really cool moment. So. I, I agree. It's when this happened, when you all watched this for the first time, did you have any idea this was the helicarrier? Yeah, no. I thought they were on a battleship. I did too. I did yeah. too. Well, I, I knew it was a I knew it was a carrier because you know you saw all the planes. Right. Um and we see the Quinjet, the modified Quinjet. But yeah, I had I remember now that I'm looking at it again, watching it, you know just transform and it hit me literally that moment what it was and i remember so just yeah go ahead i was saying i just remember hitting my buddy next to me i was so excited just kind of you know the the slap you do when you're sitting next to your buddy like mm -hmm. doing it that's what i did so i remember yeah, there were just there were so just many there were just sorry i can't talk there were so many just gasp moments like oh my gosh just in this in this movie and we're only you know, minute 35 and there are just so many already mm -hmm. that, you know from when you first see really hill and fury interact really for the first time with with significant screen time together i thought that was a pretty pivotal moment to the carrier um you know just all the scenes leading up to this there were just so many even it, like i said minute 35 that, i agree i totally agree with every part of that it was it was just such a cool moment for seeing that the helicarrier. 
coming out of the water for the first time, something that I read about for years and years and years in the comics, you know, that you always just kind of took for granted. You know, it's, it's one of those, it almost became like a, um, like one of those side objects or background objects in the comics because it was just, you always saw it. I mean, but what you just said, I mean, that's the reason why people get so livid about things or so, so excited um, is when things that they've just envisioned for so many years, they've waited for it to come to life and it doesn't live up to their expectations or it totally exceeds them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when those directors, those, those, these stars, mm-hmm. um, get put in the crosshairs of the keyboard warriors. Right. So, um, you know, they're, they walk onto the deck and there is Fury and, um, Hill in there. And one of the coolest parts that I thought, I know we're always going to say it's a cool part, but when, when Fury goes, let's vanish. And then all of a sudden you see those lights coming out while the ship's in the sky. And then it goes basically a optical camouflage on it. So let me ask you guys this, because this just literally hit me as I was watching this. Do you think that was Stark tech? The reason I ask, this is very reminiscent of Spider-Man homecoming when happy is in the jet packing up stark tower the last of the stuff and then the quinjet or whatever it is that starts going to the optical camouflage it's the exact same method the exact same way like the way that it's doing it so i kind of think this is stark tech i've never thought of it up until now it's wakanda like too uh Small, I mean, I, well, it, it, and it's optical camouflage, which is just a cool thing to have. But I, I don't. Well, it may be Stark Tech. Because with, Waka- with Wakanda, they wouldn't let the technology get out of Wakanda, though. Right. Yeah, but stuff always gets out. No, yeah, yeah, really, I, I mean, I don't think I ever. I don't. I think they probably had their own, and Stark upgraded it. You know, at some point. Right. I don't know. He just wasn't playing well with them at this time. So I just don't think he would share because you can see, you know, when he, in a few minutes when we get there, when he walks in, I mean, there's already, there's that level of distrust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, later on, as we get in the film series, you know, you know, he'll, you know, calls him boss at one point, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, so that, that level of trust gets there. I definitely think that everything gets upgraded due to him. Um, and his funding, but at, at this point, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think but so. It, it is. I wouldn't think so. But it's definitely similar. So I think. You, I mean, that's a valid point. And they've never ever discussed it. Right. So who knows? And I mean, this could go to. This could be that batch of scientists that they took in after when, uh, Shield first started too. Right. It, you guys have a theory? Let us know. Um. Unless it's Mephesto involved, and we don't. Unless it's Mephesto, which I've still got this little glimmer of hope. We are at the time of this recording. We are one day and six hours away from the release of Wandavision nine. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think I'm as far. Like, I'm not all the way on the train with all of that with you, but I. 
mean, I've I, got, I think I, he's got some. I think he's got. I think he's involved. Yeah. I still think Dottie is is more than anybody thinks. So, mm-hmm. but that's a good I've got thing. a I've got a glimmer of hope. Yeah. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen, but I've got a glimmer still. So. so I think we'll see Reed before we see Mephisto. God, I hope we see. If Reed. I had to, if, if I had to throw money on somebody, somebody Something. showing up. That's that's who I'm hoping the who we're going to see. Um, although my money at this point might be on Strange, we're going to see. So yeah, that's in the Nurky. Go listen to the Nurkies. Well, that's um, that, was, that, was, that was a strange. tease. Yeah. yeah but, but <laughs> that's that's my philosophy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, any ladies uh, currently attracted or watching this video to Kasig, please uh, remember that and uh, send them an email. <laughs> it stays empty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dating email folder is empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a great, this next part was a great bit of writing on how Marvel is funny. And I don't think that they normally intend to be funny sometimes. Like with DC, it's very forced when they try to do any sort of comedy, which is why I think they gave up a lot on it. Um, this next part Fury's walking back and you see Banner and Steve in the background. And Steve starts walking up and then reaches into his pant pocket and pulls out some money and gives Fury a 10. Uh, Kyle, you remember wh- why that was? Or B-Rob, uh, one of you? Yeah, tell him Kyle, you know. that uh, he, what was, what did he say? He said, I have something else. Or he said, I can't be shocked anymore. Or something else surprise you. Um, uh, how did he word it? I forgot. It's like nothing surprised me. Want to bet or something like that? Yeah, something real. Was... Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a little side bet between them. Yep. I like how they keep that stuff. Like you said, not forced. It just it flows into it, and it's not like putting it in your face. Like, ah, this has got to be funny. They're like, you just you just right. catch it, and and yeah, and a, lot of, those, like, and a lot of it happens with Cap in this movie. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, oh, I got that reference. I did, <laughs> I got it. And it's, it's yeah. just, you know. Um, really well done. It's extremely well done. <clears throat> Next thing we know, Fury is greeting Banner and said, told him, what do you say, doctor, thank you for coming aboard. Yeah. Something thanks like that. Thanks for asking nicely. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and then Banner says, thanks for asking nicely. He looks so nervous and at every point in time, anyone who knows any Hulk lore, we all know we should be nervous at this point in time. Yeah. You should <clears throat> constantly be nervous. You don't know. You don't know. And you find out that ever since the, what do I call it? The breakout, the stealing of the Tesseract, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been on the manhunt for Eric and Clint since that point in time. And they are, what they say, they were sweeping every, anything that's wireless accessible across the planet, which is extremely scary to realize that, you know, when you're watching this, you're like, ah, ha, 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 you know, whatever. That's really cool. This is a comic movie. But now in 2021, you realize that that's probably a reality at this point. 
So it's just, it's kind of nuts how in 20 or 2012, excuse me, in 2012, I went from thinking, you know, this is cool. This is just a comic movie to now that this is possibly a reality. It's not possibly. I guarantee you it's a reality. I just make it a point to give them a really good show if my camera's out for anything at all. My phone's just laying around. Really keep my, (laughs) my personal FBI guy on his toes. They go, oh, no. What's Kasich doing? He's doing the helicopter again. There he goes again. It's like the third time this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what the helicopter is, do not Google it. Uh, Google it. Do it. <laughs> d- 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 or if you do, just don't do it at work. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at this point in time, it just shows you how desperate shield is at this point too i think to find what was lost because they know they don't know a ton about the tesseract but at this point in time they know it's a weapon of great power so they are trying i don't think that they would have pulled banner on board to search for these gamma rays had they not been desperate at this point right Mm. well and just before that you know we see another part of Black Widow's character where it's, they're, again, not only trying to humanize her a little bit, but then they're trying to get her connection to Barton. Right. You see, you know, she's looking on the screen and she's she's visibly worried. Um, so that just, I think it really just sets the tone for that pair as well as making you care about her as a person right. and not, you know, the spy. Not as the super spy. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and then Next thing you know, you know, Natasha's showing Bruce to the lab that he's going to, and then it cuts off to Eric. And Eric just just looks extremely happy compared to the first scenes where we didn't really see a smile on him. He's smiling almost this entire scene. Which makes you wonder, is this part of Loki's scepter? I think at this point in time, that's what we all assumed it was. Um, at least I, I think it's, yeah. I mean, I think you just, just knowing that character and how much mm-hmm. he loves what he does. Right. To, uh, yes, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say how I was feeling during that scene exactly, but watching it again and again, I'm like, I just, man, yeah, it's just, I think part of it's Loki and then part of it's just how excited he is to be working on this. As, and we find out more about, you know, this is only the second movie we've seen Eric in. So this is, we find out a lot more about his character in phase two. So it was all guesswork at this point with Eric's character. Um, all we had to go off of was Thor, but we know he's a brilliant scientist. And Clint holds up this picture. Clint's there, and, you know, their eyes are all freaky still from being under the control. And it it's like a, it's a tough look almost. But it shows Iridium and then Dr., what is it, Heinrich Schaefer, maybe? I'm trying to think of who, if I could figure out who that was. Do you guys have any clue who that is? No, it didn't ever no. ring a bell. I just thought it was some random person high up that just some random character inserted that you know was going to be dispensable right because if you look at the 
the tablet, the laptop, whatever, Department of Nuclear Science and Technology at the Schaefer Institute. So his, he's the head of whatever this institute is where this iridium is that they needed. So he's obviously big, but if you guys have any clue who he is, let us know. But I think you guys are, he's just probably someone that they, that they just put in just uh, as the tie for the iridium. And now you get a little bit more into why Eric's so happy. And he says, the Tesseract has shown me so much, which means, do you think the Tesseract was talking to Eric at this point in time? Like showing it him his, its secrets because he was under Loki's control. Loki, he was under the control of the alien race that we see. I mean, it's an object of great power. It's an object to space. Do you think that Eric was part of any of these meetings or do you think it, it, he just got more knowledge at this point, but Loki gave him a little bit? I think maybe he may have, I don't know if it was like actually talking to him, but maybe he had a higher level of understanding being under the influence and um, now he's he's just understanding more because he's able to understand more, not necessarily it talking to him on whatever level or however, um, but I think it was just him having a higher level of understanding of how these things work just from maybe it allowing him to, or the influence of Loki in a, basically a higher being or, right. you know, a more advanced and evolved humanoid race, allowing that, you know, making that capable for him. That could be it. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just what it was showing him and like opening up what it could do and just the opportunities for, uh, the overall plan that whether Loki had divulged to him or not, but where it could with the, the possibilities because of the test rack and what it could do. Because what was Eric? Eric was an astrophysicist, wasn't he? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I thought he was the same thing that um, Jane was. Jane was. I think he was too. So that would explain why he'd be so happy about the Tesseract and its abilities. Then, uh, you know, and Loki, then we see Loki show up at this point. And he asked Clint, he said, uh, what did it show you, Agent Barton? And Clint just turns and just ever so slowly tells him my next target. And he's like, show me. And then out Clint pull, pulls this bow. And I thought it was kind of a cool part, just like a compact bow. And he does this little motion where he opens it up. And... He it didn't officially tell who his target was at this point, did it? No, it didn't. No. So next thing we know, we're back on the helicarrier, and we see uh, what's his name? What was his name? B Rob Jasper. Jasper Sitwell. We see Jasper Sitwell sitting there. Um, if you guys don't know who Jasper Sitwell is pay attention to this name as we go through the Marvel movies. Uh, he's the bald guy um, with the glasses. So you're going to want to pay attention to him. Similar to uh, Kyle's distrust for all blonde women in movies with Nazis in it. Um, 
bald people with glasses, I I don't trust due to this man. <laughs> he, he betrayed me, Rob. <laughs> yeah, what's on the action figure, B Rob, where he where he hurt you? <laughs> it was the staff. Uh but you see Sitwell sitting there, he's looking at there's on these monitors there's pictures of Barton and then there's a picture of Loki. And it looks like uh just a bunch of high tech stuff. Like a high tech dossier almost. And like some uh, maybe some facial recognition software somewhere. So they're they're trying to find these guys. And it's it's trying to match up the voice uh, recognition too. I think from uh, like cross reference from the cameras and cell stuff. And you see Steve, Steve sitting there, sitting next to Coulson, and Coulson's telling him it's it's a vintage set. Took me years to get it, you know. And Steve just kind of looks pretty annoyed at this point. Um, and then Coulson's just keeps talking about it and says, you know, near mint. And then uh, Sidwell turns around and says, we got a 67% match. And they're looking and then we're going to Germany and we see Loki. That was so, such a cool scene that's coming up. Yeah. Yep. It was very, um, I just remember thinking, man, he looks like a badass. It was very, um, Oh, and now I can say it, but now I can't. But like Joker ass, like I think about yes, like Heath Heath Ledger's character, Heath Ledger's Joker. Heath Ledger Joker. Okay, I'm like which Joker? Right, right. Okay, right. Well, just um, just the setting of this scene had a little bit of it with the uh, what was it? Is a museum or a? Uh, they were doing the auction there, but it had like a kind of a DC feel to it because you had that cool old like gothic style architecture i guess it's gothic i don't really know my architecture that well but it kind of had a little bit of a dc feel to it yeah there's a lot of money scenes like mm -hmm. you felt like you know gal gadot could have just been coming through there with a dress on bruce yeah. wayne's gonna be there too you know they could have walked in i was i agree with that i never thought of it that way but yeah you guys are absolutely right on that it's okay yeah i don't know but just just uh tom hiddleston's just mannerisms and how he Everything that went down with this with this scene when he's coming going into the building, coming down the stairs, um, doesn't I mean I mean gets right to it. <laughs> I mean, it really it does. Just, yeah. It gets right to the chaos. Well, and then we see for the first time in this scene also, we see the suit, the Captain America suit, the redesigned suit that Colson had a hand in. Mm -hmm. Um from the boots to the Helmet and so this is the I want to say modern Captain America design that we pretty much knew at this point. I mean, it, it was redesigned a lot for the movie, more body armored type, I guess you could say, without the uh, the ruffles that we're used to. And wasn't this wasn't this one kind of his mask? Wasn't it kind of a hood? Yep. At this point, compared to later, where it's an actual mask. Yep. I feel it like. Was, more of a hood. Yeah, it was uh, almost like a cow. Yeah, if you see in later scenes, he's actually got the, the hood thing. He's like down and hanging off. Right. It's like a like a Captain Hoodie. Cap Captain Hoodie. 
Next thing you know, we see agents going down, or not agents, uh, security guards going down with arrows in them. So we know Barton's has arrived on the scene, Hawkeye. And B-Rob, why don't you describe this part here? Uh, I want to hear it from your perspective of when you already pretty much hit on it, but like when Loki was going down the stairs, like what you felt yeah. the first time you saw yeah. this. Yeah, so I mean, he, he comes in, he just, like he owns the place. Not a care in the world. Nobody's going to stop him. And it's just very, he doesn't care what happens. And that's what I, you know, what I meant when I thought that Heath Ledger, Joker-esque character, he goes straight to the target, throws him on a table, um, gets some crazy apparatus out that's going to take a diagram or a picture of his eyeball. And, I mean, jams it in there and it spins around and you know it's painful because the guy's screaming. Chaos is erupting all around him. And he's just kind of smirks, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and it's transmitting, you know, the the signature, the eye signature to Barton, who's trying to get in this vault to get this. Um, and he was the guy that could open it. So, mm-hmm. and then he yeah. just kind of smiles. I was kind of waiting for Loki as he turned around, like to lick his lips and, or something. You know, it was very, <laughs> just very sadistic. Well, but and more. go ahead. I don't I, say, I think this is a very important part to show us just how much loki sees humans as also yes like just killed this guy with no second thoughts slammed him on the table jammed it in his eye it's uh, what did he say uh, at one point you know he he basically sees us as ants i think that was in thor wasn't it as the beginning uh, of this movie um the ant and the boot yeah uh, oh, that's analogy right. that's right yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, that's right. It comes up again later. But so yeah, he, I, I see, I see your your uh, joke, Joker connection now. Just watching it, that's yeah. Because it's very dark. It's extremely yeah. dark, which you is know, what DC's known for. Right, and you know, I I kind of expected more dark with. Even though we even we said how sadistic he was, but Red Skull, I I figured there'd be even more. He would be even more of a dark character than he was. Um, but then we have Loki, and you know I thought thought this just took this to another level with this character. Yeah, he's just so he's got so many levels of who he is. You know, with a he's like an ogre, he's like an onion. You know, they got layers. <laughs> they got, they got layers. And they feel them back. <laughs> they both make you cry. Right. Oh, Hiddleston makes us cry. Okay. Hiddleston is such a great Loki. Um, and then as he's leaving, you know, he's he's walking, and then yeah. he morphs. There's the green and the gold with the horns. Turns in, and he gets the, class, again, the classic Loki costume that we know. And it's important to note, too, the cane he had, it was a scepter, because you yeah. can see the big gem glowing inside of it yeah that next thing is cool that was amazing and he then he morphs the staff into the scepter or the cane into the scepter everyone's running outside for panic and this just shows a couple things just if it was me i wouldn't i'd be gone i would have run as fast as I can and not look back. All these people just kind of stopped to watch him. 
Um, and that's, I think, how he trapped a lot of them with his with his illusions around kind of boxed them in. Right. They should have z- zigged when they zagged. They yep. Exactly. So Loki is giving this just great speech about how basically how he's how humanity sucks and how he's above it and he mm-hmm. should rule humanity. And he's talking yeah. about this just walking through. Freedom is overrated. Yep. And and then you have the you know as, as he's going on this the the whole run of you know freedom's overrated you're meant to be ruled i'm here to rule you know, just this overpowering talking down on these people that he has kneeling before him you have the the older gentleman stand up and i would say you know he he may be world war ii age if not old enough to fight old enough to remember for sure mm-hmm the ramifications of that and I, I like that you know you 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 kind of saw it coming that somebody's going to stand up mm-hmm. and say something like you know it's going to happen that's the trope that's the thing that's going to happen but i like that they got the old guy that has seen it before yeah stand up and, and it just in this whole speech and where they're at you know they're in germany just totally set it up yeah perfect I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, again, you, you guys have said how well they did this movie. So. Yeah, they really did. And it, a very important line is, you know, he's, he was talking about kneeling. He says, not to men like you. And then Loki just very matter-of-factly tells him, there are no men like me. And then the old man says, there are always men like you. Yep. I mean, it yep. was just a very... It was a great back and forth. Man, it was... It was can you imagine this scene without this old guy standing up? No. I mean, that's that's the little things of just like, Jesus, mm-hmm. we're geniuses. Well, and what do you think if they would have done it with like a younger person? I don't think it would have worked as well. It wouldn't have worked as well. No, you would just, uh, that punk. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the mohawk. There he is. Yeah, just right. kill him, Loki. He's probably got a man bone. <laughs> He probably does. Uh, they weren't cool back then. The cap still would have saved him. He still would have right. saved him. Right. So Loki fires on him, and all of a sudden, Cap jumps in from nowhere and deflects the the blast of the shield and hits Loki with it. And then Cap's saying, "You know, last time I was in Germany, he's basically referencing Hitler, and uh, just." without saying it and saying you know you know we ended up disagreeing because you know cat doesn't speak really ill of anyone if you think about it which is i always found it it weird when loki says the soldier like he knows Mm -hmm. who he is so i always kind of felt it found that that kind of odd do you think he knew who he was because of the connection with the tesseract Because, you know, Loki's not paying attention to Midgard. Right. You think it was because of his connection with the Tesseract? Because you know the Chitauri knew everything. 
Hmm. Yeah, but is that because these I do the stones have memories? I don't know. I that's the one thing that's because, always I mean, bugged me. Any of the other ones, I mean, the ether, the mind stone. Mm -hmm. I mean, they remember the mind stone is the only one that I would think does because it, the mind stone. It's the mind stone, yeah. Or the, um, the the simple thing he could have got it from Barton. Just got some information from Barton. Uh, that 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 is, that is the easiest. I bet that's <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. So it, B Rob uh, and I overthought that a lot, lot. and <laughs> and then. Uh, Simple Kyle. Simple Kyle. Well, simple Kyle's Tyler. cookies uh, schooled us on that. Whatever you need your legendary shirt on right now for that one. That was yeah, you uh, do. Nice. Just get my, nice. my, my sweet Guns and Roses shirt. Right. Yeah. No, that we definitely <laughs> we way overthought that. So good job, Kyle. Yeah, nice. yeah. Usually, I'm the one like going way out there with some weird random theories right. and predictions and. Uh, yeah, I'll take that one. So, <laughs> excuse me, N Natasha shows up with the Quinjet, throws out a Gatling gun, Loki fires at it, she takes evasive action, and then Cap, without a second of thought, without any hesitation, threw that shield and nailed Loki. And you knew we were in for a good fight scene at this point. It was a great fight scene. Like we, we you know, already had one good one leading up to this, and so, right. so many good, like like you talked about, um, in one of the episodes prior when, you know, and it may have been in reference to, the Thor and Cap, like when you had the two, superheroes that meet, a lot of times you they fight the first time they meet, right. and it's you kind of get this, you know, uh, superhero power measuring contest. You know, going on. I, I like how you have these little quick conflicts with all these, all the different characters throughout this whole movie itself, and you see everybody measuring everybody up throughout it. And it's it's just a rolling game of that that builds and builds and builds until we get our finale. I agree. Um, and then it turns into. <clears throat> Did you miss me, Agent Romanoff? Yes, that's the part we're on right now. And that and look on her face, I was like, ooh. Because it's important to note, too, Steve was losing this fight. Loki is the weakest of the warriors, but he's still stronger than any mortal man. Still a god. He's still a god. Mm -hmm. That's important to note. Um, yeah, we heard this Miss Me, Agent Romanoff, and then you see the screen kind of blinking on the Quinjet. Do you guys remember what, like, what was playing in the background? There was music started playing, blasting on the system. Oh, he had, um... I know Kyle knows this. I knew it well when I rewatched it, and I made, I was going to make a note to remember what that was, and then we didn't get to it last week. Oh, uh, no, I just remember like his first line because it made me laugh out loud. Um, is the make a move reindeer games? Um, uh, that line he says to Loki after he blasts him, but no, I, I remember music uh, playing through the PS. It's shoot, shoot to thrill by ACDC, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and that was a reference to uh Iron Man 2, like, like we were talking about 
when we saw Natalie first, or Natalia. Well, the Iron Man movies kind of gave it a little resurgence and introduced some AC, because ACDC was like the band for the Iron Man movies, mm-hmm. what, from what I remember, and that kind of introduced, you know, one of the excuse me, you know, greatest rock bands of all time to like a whole new generation of people because you get these young kids in there with their dads and their granddads and um, parents and grandparents just then had never been introduced to that music and those movies kind of did that. So it's... It's cool how it tied the genre rock and roll. Yep. You know, of course... Tony does the Iron Man land also, the one arm down, one knee up, one knee down, just just cool as hell. Classic superhero landing. Classic superhero superhero landing. landing. And then uh, Tony puts his arms up, both arms up, and out come a lot of weapons. Yeah. At this point in time. Like it was almost cartoony you know you, you you think back to something like you're like looney tunes cartoons and different things where like guns would come out of guns out of guns and like yes that's, that's how i got that there's like and you expect like another little pea shooter like to pop out the top of his head or something <laughs> random like more guns and more guns that's just very tony stark it is extremely <clears throat> and then when he tells him your move reindeer games <laughs> just it's just fun just a fun scene. And, you know, then Steve's out of breath and he's like, Mr. Stark, and he's like, Captain. And that's the end of it. Then we right. see them transporting Loki over the mountains. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this scene when they're in that Quinjet. How excited I got on this part. <clears throat> because the minute that you heard you saw the lightning and you heard the thunder. You knew what yeah. was coming. Right. And, uh, and you know, Tony refers to Cap as a capsicle. That's always fun times, too. Yeah, and this is the, I just love that. <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, it's pretty spry for an old guy. What's your thing, Pilates and the capsicle? <laughs> but then they start talking about, you know, Fury. There's a lot of things Fury doesn't tell you. Yep. Stuff like that. And then to your point, there's the lightning, thunder. And then all of a sudden we see. Yep. You see a little lightning? (laughs) Not overly fond of what follows. Yep. And that's (laughs) that's a great line too. Again, this movie just has so many great one-liners. And it's just just so well written. And then we see Thor landing on the jet and coming in. And, you know, of course, Tony tries to stop him, tries to nut up to Thor. And Thor just hits him with meow meow. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, takes Loki by the scruff of the neck and jumps off the Quinjet. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got out of order earlier. So the the uh, the Loki cap fight was the first like really good fight of the movie, and then we just like roll right into this, like yep. within minutes, and uh, this this scene you know after you know well we'll get to that part but the the scene with loki and thor and 
you know, they're, they're hashing out the family differences. The, it's the, the brotherly talk of it. I, I love how Thor hates him and loves him at the same time. And you can still, you can see it here and you see it throughout all the movies. He loves him and he hates him at the same time. You know, anybody's ever had a, a family member, brother, sister, cousin, or whatever that you love them because they're family, but man, they do some stupid shit sometimes, but you still love them. Like this, mm-hmm. this scene right here really, really hits for that. I think that's a great way to explain it too. Right. I really do. We all have that one family member that just makes you want to literally claw your eyes out. Well, it, yeah. And in their case, it's Frigga. It's, it's their, it's their mom. And I think that's what really makes Thor so endeared to Loki, because if his mom can see so much good in Loki still, no matter what, there, mm-hmm. he's kind of, he feels obligated, but like Kyle said, he still loves him, his brother, right. yeah. I mean, no matter throughout the end, but I think it's that, it's their mom's love that, that Rene Russo just portrays so well. I mean, she, mm-hmm. I mean, she's always, seems to have Loki's back. Yep. So he what, loves uh, him like what, a mother loves a child. What right. B-Rob is saying is Thor is a mama's boy. <laughs> I think he's putting right. out there. Uh, recently found out that Chris Hemsworth is uh, listening to our podcast, so uh, I can give you B-Rob's email address if you want it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's I, not, I didn't say that. He's not listening yeah, to our podcast. He said, <laughs> yeah, you alluded. That's right, Liam is. Liam is. Liam is, but not Chris. <laughs> Liam is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you know in th- so in Thor we really got to see the divide between the brothers Loki's sense of betrayal it not being told the truth always you know living the shadows of Thor but during their banter during this uh, the dialogue between the two during this scene it all came out mm-hmm. yeah. and so now you understand I think this gave me more of an understanding than like the whole last half hour of Thor did. Right. Just because I, I the writing was just way better on this one. Well, and not only those two, but uh Cap and Tony too. When you go back and watch it before and then you then you go to Civil War, you really see how different they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just they, they really plant all these seeds. It's like uh, you know, before Tony or Tony went after Thor, Cap's like, hey Stark, we need a plan of attack. So mm-hmm. I was like, I have a plan. Attack. Attack. I so love that. It's, yeah. it's those it's those seeds and you don't know it and you don't see it until you watch you get all the way past Civil War and then you go back through these movies and you just see their scenes see. together. The banter <clears throat> banter, the a little bit of animosity. They're just different leadership. Right. And there's mm-hmm. difference of who they are. I mean So I will tell you all this her you know chugging through this with us. After you get through all the movies, you need to rewatch them, just like B. Rob saying, because yeah. you pick up on a lot more. You pick up on a hell of a lot more, yeah. and been, a lot uh, more makes sense. I've been rewatching kind of as we go, uh, try to help set for this, and rewatching this again tonight. And I caught stuff again that I hadn't caught in the other three or four times that I've watched it. That just really so I, I think i watched this probably three or four times before i actually even finished the whole run of 
the movies that are out there right now and then just rewatching it tonight there were a couple lines they hit and i was just like oh man that's so good for you know infinity wars and for end game just some things that are said that if we get to them tonight we'll talk about them i don't know if we'll get that far in this one tonight but <laughs> um just yeah go back and rewatch them because i'm you catch you catch so much <clears throat> you do catch a lot <clears throat> excuse me um next thing you know they're just fighting you know just like brothers do except brothers who happen to be gods and who could you know kill people yeah but other than that it's a normal brother fight like it is it really is and Loki's just explaining he's seen the power of the Tesseract, and to, uh, Thor is begging him to come home at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, where's the Tesseract? He's like, I don't have it. And he's like, you need the cube to bring me home. And I, he's like, it's gone. I sent it off somewhere. I have no clue where it is. And then, uh, what did he say? I've sent it off. I know not where. And then it, I love this part. Thor pointing his hammer hammer at him and says, "You listen to me, brother." And then all of a sudden, you see this flash of gold, red, and afterburners hitting Thor, and he goes off screen. And Loki just is sitting there and goes, "I'm listening." <laughs> Again, just the way Marvel does stuff makes it funny, without yeah. I think not intending to be funny. Well, they do find it right. I think the intent to be funny, but they do it. They do it right. They they intend to be funny without forcing them, trying to force it, and you being able to see that it's being forced. It just flows. They do the right characters. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is what he did in the original. I mean, he gets them to fight each other. Mm -hmm. Gets other people to fight his battles. It's a diversion. The master manipulator, god of god of trickery. So, I do love this part too, where he he said, you know, you have no idea who you're dealing with, and Tony looks around. Tony being Tony, Shakespeare on the part. Doth mother <laughs> know you wear her drapes? And then, you know, Thor doesn't know who Tony is at this point. He just calls him Metal Man. Mm-hmm. And Q fight. Here is the superhero pissing contest that we right. were talking about earlier, just sizing up and uh-huh, you know, seeing who's got the bigger hammer. Kyle, why don't you go over this fight? So um they uh you know, like I said, this, Tony, you know, flies in, tells uh Thor, you know, don't take what's mine. Um they exchange some, you know, lines back and forth. Tony's being the smart ass that, that Tony is. And Thor calls him a tourist, I think, and launches Mjolnir at Tony. Pressure, you know, hits him hard, pins him up against a tree, and the fight's on. And, you know, they exchange a lot of good one-liners. There's lots of good fights back and forth. But the, the whole time, it, you know, it's cutting back and forth, and you see Loki just sitting up on that little cliff, just reveling in all of this, just seeing the this little bit of chaos that he's had a hand in creating. And 
Tony gets his licks back in. Thor calls upon the power of lightning, holding Mjolnir up. And, Love this part. And zaps uh, Tony in the Iron Man suit. You know, it's Jarvis, you know, kicks out a reading. You see, like, everything's glowing, everything's going. And um, Jarvis gives a reading, like, you know, 400%, you know, power at 400% capacity. And Tony gets this just shitting grin on his face. Like, he, <laughs> he's like... He's overloaded, but he's not, you know, like critical and just unloads on Thor. So they go through, there's some like deforestation that happens. Um, <laughs> you know, they, it's, it's just a great scene and it's fast and it's quick and they're knocking down trees. They're slamming into mountains. There's repulsor blasts going, there's hammer swings, punches thrown. Um, and they go on probably for a good, you know, a couple of minutes but you you do see how strong Thor is because he starts to crush the Iron Man suit. He gets a hold of gets a hold of the forearm and starts to get a you know a really good crutch on it. And they're going at it until uh, Cap finally shows up, you know, a couple minutes into the fight and does his well. He first he whacks them both with a shield, you know, a little kind of boomerang shield, ding ding. Shield throw, him. shield throw, pegs them both in the head and just in very Captain America form, you know, he's standing up on the tree branch with his arms at his side, his chest puffed out. And like, that's enough, like very, I don't know how to describe it other than it's captain doing it. It's cap doing it. Pure cap. It's, it's pure cap. Just very, what's, what's the word I'm looking for without pissing people off. It's very Eagle Scout of him to do the way he like pops the yeah. yeah. You know, and you just see that the conflict or not the conflict, but just these differing personality types um, all meeting right here. I mean, you got three huge characters coming together and we see how strong Vibranium is at this point because Lore or lore, Thor lashes out at at uh, at Cap with the hammer. Um, Cap ducks under his shield and not only like absorbs the blow, but it's just this like atomic blast of awesomeness that occurs. It's like a small atomic bomb hit. Trees are down, leaves are down. Thor looks slightly surprised, you know, that this happened. So you can. You can see that there's some subtlety to the buildup of not just their superpowers and their strength. I mean, you can see that Thor was strong enough to overcome Iron Man's armor because you can see him crush it. Um, and but he's not even with his you know mystical magic infused Mjolnir could not get through the the shield. And so you you see. You kind of see the power scale and how things are balanced between these three, uh, which I think is really important for any of these, any of your superhero movies, because, you know, we've talked about before, you don't want a superhero that is OP, that's overpowered, that can do everything. So you can, you, this scene kind of shows a balance between the three. You see each of their strengths and you see where each of them are a little bit vulnerable to different things. So I think it's a, on the surface, it's a great fight scene between three 
awesome superheroes, but uh, on the surface a little bit, you're seeing some development going and showing, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And, um, and that's, that's the core part of actually being a team, which they eventually do later is you have strengths and weaknesses of, of your members and how you build off each other. So I think this is kind of that first little stepping stone for the full Avengers team, you know, working together. I rambled a bit there. I got on a thing. No, good. <laughs> great explanation. No, that's a great explanation. Could not have said it better myself. So and next thing we over. know. Yeah, yeah no, the no, fight, no, fight's no. over now. Fight's over. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Move along. Move along. Um, mm -hmm. Loki's being led into, led through the helicarrier at this point. And he has probably, let's see, eight armed guards around him, 10 maybe, which at, at this point we know, you know, that's not going to do anything. Loki's a god. Yeah. So I think, I think it was more for a force of show at this point. I mean, was it, was it at that point that you guys realized that he's up to something? Because he wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That he was knew my, he uh, wanted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's that look on his face, too. He's kind yeah. of got a shitty grin on his face as he's walking down the hall. Right. And he's looking well, at yeah. Banner. Yeah. yeah. He's looking exactly at Banner. So, you know, we see Banner sitting there tinkering with something, and then he kind of just smiles over at Banner and gives him this, hey. Ha ha ha. So next thing we know, he's locked in this huge cell. Uh, it's like this, what would you call it? Like almost like a, I don't know even how you describe it, like a cylindrical container, yeah. like cell, big open container. It's like a, like a superhero fish tank. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. And then you remember what Fury was telling Loki at this point? Yeah, it was built for somebody stronger than you. Yep. Um, and then that's when you're like, oh, shit. Yep. We knew what yeah. it was for, and we knew that, you know, Fury being Fury had a contingency plan for his contingency plan for his contingency plan. And then you kind of see that other people are listening to this conversation. Mm -hmm. So we're like, oh, God, this is well, really bad. Then he opens up, you know, beneath the container, he opens it up, and it's just a it's a free fall. Yeah. And he, uh, one of my favorite parts that Fury tells him, he goes, ant, boot. Or what do you say, boot, ant? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we knew, we knew who this was built for now. We know that nothing good is going to come from this at this point. And I think we all knew that it was going to be foreshadowing at this point. Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, we're back on, on the deck um, and we see Thor and <clears throat> what did Thor say? He said something along the lines of, you know, why are, we, why are you guys keeping Loki here? And Steve called it. He's like, Loki's going to try to drag this out. So he asked Thor, what'd he say? Like, what, what's he up to? Yeah, like what's his plan? What's his play? And then Thor yeah. tells him, no, go ahead. 
Uh, well, you know, he said, yeah, he asked him, you know, what what's his play? What's, you know, what's he doing here? And, and Thor brings up the the Chitari, which... I think it's the first time we hear has... their name, isn't it? That they're actually the Chitari at this point? Maybe. B-Rub, do you know? They called him the Chitari. Right, but did they, they say it before a... that? No. No, okay, so this is the first time we actually hear their name. I thought the um, early on when uh, when Loki was talking right. with with the uh, the higher powers that be that they brought up, you know, that yeah. the Chitari would be at your he does. He does. disposal. Okay, yep, you're right, you're right. And so Thor knows, has been monitoring what's going on all the time. You know, he just now popped into the movie, but he's aware of where Loki has been and what Loki's been doing somehow. And now he's, you know, relaying that knowledge onto the, to the rest of the team. And, you know, Cap knows right away that it's fishy that Loki's there. Like, he knows that Loki just let them take him. Like, he's... Cap's not stupid. Like, he he, he smells a trap in the no, get-go. That's Cap's thing. Cap is smart. That's one of the reasons yeah. he was picked to be Cap. But he's that, not a young guy. You know, we talk about the lines that we like. This was one of the ones that that I like that, you know, Thor is saying, you know, he's my brother. Or, you know, you have to you have to let me take what do you say? You have to let me take him or half care how you speak. Yeah, because they were talking bad about Loki. Yeah, so, you know, Banner said you can smell the crazy on him. Yeah, he's like, you Mine's know, a bag full of cats. Yes. And uh, Thor said, you know, he's beyond reason, but he is of Asgard. So Thor is still, you know, loyal to his people and his brother. And, um, Natasha says, you know, he's killed 80 people in two days. And Thor's quickly like, well, he's adopted. <laughs> that little line of, right. he's my brother, but oh, oh, he did some bad shit. Okay, yeah, he's adopted. That that right. was one of my favorite lines of the whole thing. Um, Now they're just trying to figure out, they know he's after the Iridium. They're trying to figure out what the Iridium is for. And you get um, Tony coming back in with his Tony lines of, you know, Colin Thor, Point Break, and, you know, all these, these references. Of course, the Thor is not going to get the references, but, you know, very Tony. It's not a Tony entrance unless he makes a smart-ass comment about somebody when he walks into the room. Um, and then, you know, Tony goes on about uh, the why he needs the Iridium. He goes into a lot of the, the science behind it. And they're asking, you know, why, why are you a, when did you become an expert? And he's like, last night when I read the, the material. So it, it re-solidifies that uh, Tony's cocky and he's got cool toys and he's a good scientist, but he's also really freaking brilliant because he was able to, you know, digest a, what I would say, a, you know, thermonuclear astrophysics would be a, a fairly complex subject. That he's able to grasp an understanding of in a day and a half, you know, reading. No, that's that's what I got my third degree in. Hmm. Yeah, minor. Last weekend. Last week. Nobody did the homework. Yeah. What's that? Nobody did the homework. No one did their homework. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that what Tony tells him? Yeah, he's like, that's what he's the only one. Yeah, nobody did yeah. their homework. And, 
And so he's he's smart and he's cocky, but he can he backs it up. You know, he's got his ways to back it up. And that's that's where in my eyes, things like this is what made me really like I liked Iron Man before this, but these little things like this were like, yeah, yeah, he, he can back up the talk. Um that's why I, why I like him. I think why he's a, a huge favorite of of everybody. And it doesn't it's not like it makes him endearing. It's it's like it just like you said, it just shows he can back up what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then here's another one of the brilliant writing um, phrases in here. How he turns two of the sharpest men that he he knows, Fury saying, into his personal flying monkeys. And, you know, Thor's like, monkeys, I do not understand. Steve's like, I do. I get that reference. (laughs) Yeah, I get that reference. I understood that reference. And he looks really pleased with himself. Well, they were having all this, like, big scientific talk. You know, Banner and and Stark were, you know, talking way up here. And then you have Thor and Cap that are just kind of, hmm, you know, just happy to be here faces. And so Captain was just happy to participate and like have something that he could grasp onto. <laughs> well, and one of the important, not really important, but I guess this would be considered an Easter egg. During this scene, you know, Tony points out the shield tech who's playing Galaga on the mm-hmm. screen instead of doing what he's supposed to do. Um, that's also, you know, at the end of this scene, he goes back to playing Galaga, which we're like, ha, 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 ha. But if you think about it, that's a foreshadowing to the end of the movie. It is. So, spoiler if you haven't seen this, but there you go. You mean they're going to fight space aliens? Weird, huh? Wow. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. I don't think we have to. Do we have to give spoiler spoiler alerts nine years later? Nah. All right. We're good. We're good. Then we see. Oh, one Star- did, important thing that did happen. This was when uh, Stark planted his little disc chip hacking device thingamajig while he's walking around, you know, checking out the computers and stuff. He you see him, you know, plant something, which is. Tony's still being smart and sneaky while he's talking big because Tony usually has a slightly ulterior motive too at certain things and you know the big overreaching thing yeah he's going to do what's right but he's always got a little something going on on the side and this was the start of it or at least hedging his bets and and being smart about things well like he says I mean he's furious of these five you really think he's not hiding stuff yeah I want to know what it is and mm-hmm. Tony just doesn't trust anyone but himself. Right. And that's that's always been the thing. They have Loki staff and they're just, you know, there's banter back and forth. And Tony's just being Tony the whole time and Cap walks in just talking to him and just, you know, and the, here's where Tony first voices his distrust of Fury during this, between the talk, between the three of them. And, you know, Steve's like, you think Fury's hiding something? And then, uh, like you guys are saying, he's the, he's a spy, he's the spy, and it's just... Mm-hmm. 
it's just kind of cool. I don't know. I, the whole dynamic of this scene, I just remember, I'm like, where is this, where are they going with this? It, you know, it's Hulk about to lose it here. That's what I remember thinking at this point. Like, is Tony going to push Banner too far? That's all I could think about during this lab scene right here. I just remember thinking, what is going to happen to make the work? Because I, you know, because this is very different than, you know, the characters are different and then just kind of the scenarios painted differently than how they came together in the comics. I wanted to know what that linchpin was that was going to get him to decide to put everything aside and just get it done. Well, that might be something go, go, that would be good to discuss if it's possible to do in the time we have given is, because uh, you guys know, I don't know because I haven't read them. Um, how they, how did they come together? You know, and, and what, like we know, and we'll see here shortly what does bring them together, which I didn't see coming. Um, that that would be the thing that would bring them together. But um, what was it, B Rob? It was an alien invasion, wasn't it? Originally, yeah. I thought it was Loki. I think you are right. I think it was Loki. I don't remember what it was other than just the, because they got them together, they were all fighting each other. I don't, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp were mm-hmm. there. I don't remember, I'd have to go back and reread it. The original what exactly, OG. What was, the, what was the exact thing that yeah, I need to go. the difference inside, but I thought it was Loki. I think you're right. Because with like, the Justice League, it was, it was, wasn't it Starro? What did it, it was Starro. It was, it, Justice League was Starro, Thor was the core grace, whatever the rock guys. Yeah. Yeah, I so, think it was Loki. So if I'm wrong, somebody call me out on Discord. Oh, they mm-hmm. will. They're very good at that. Mm-hmm. I hope they do. Uh, I mean I like do I don't mean that Justin, in a way like you. <laughs> Justin, you're being called out. Mm-hmm. Let us know, man. So and and this scene's pretty important to show, you know, even though Tony doesn't trust anyone, he usually has pretty sound reasoning why he doesn't trust anyone. Yeah. And this shows this because Banner's talking about Stark Towers, you know, how it's a self-sustaining energy source. And Tony's like, you know, I'm kind of the clean energy guy, only clean energy guy around right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, it'll run self-sustained for what, like a year? And Tony's like, it's a prototype. It's, I'm kind of the only clean energy name right now. And then that's where Banner comes in and says, so why didn't S.H.I.E.L.D. bring him in on the Tesseract project? Why are they doing energy and not bringing in the guy who just figured out how to run his entire building for a year without anyone else's power? It's an energy, Tony's an expert in energy. And, you know, and uh, that's where Tony says, you know, I should probably look into that. Once my decryption program finishes. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where uh, you guys were saying that, you know, he was going around putting stuff like planning chips all over the shield bridge. Tony's hacking into their files and using Jarvis to do it. And he, his distrust, distrust in things and, the motivations behind his actions. I mean, they're all logical. He's a scientist. He, he sees 
you know, cause and effect, and he sees he sees things differently. He's very rational with his you know his stuff. Sometimes he seems very irrational on the surface, but he's always always has a pretty rational well not always, but usually has a pretty rational reason behind his actions, and you usually see them. And that's one of those things where like even if you know he comes off cocky or whatever, and he's not somebody that you may you know different personalities you may not normally like, you still respect his methods and why he does it because you can't argue with him most of the time. Like he's right. Yeah. And that's my thing with Tony is just, you know, he's all those things you got, you're saying, but he's there. Like most people that are like him, they're not going to put themselves in that situation. No. But so he's all these things that he's still there. Well, and that's the thing. Tony will tell you that too. Mm-hmm. That ego of Tony's, you know, I'm here. You know, I don't want anyone else to get hurt, so I'll put myself through the ringer. Yeah. Which, at his core, Tony's noble. He really is. Yeah, he is. Uh, They have, you know, they're trying to convince Steve that something is going on. Something is wrong. And you can see as Steve walks out of the room that he's second-guessing himself at this point. He gets this look on his face and he kind of walks off. Uh, I'll talk about this part right here. Be rub one of you guys because there's an Easter egg in here I'm trying to find. No, but after Cap, like yeah, after Cap leaves and, and Tony and <clears throat> Tony and Banner are talking. So, you know, they're, they're kind of this point they're discussing uh what are they talking about here loki i believe and oh well they they kind of briefly discuss um the test tract and the power sources and all that but it, it quickly shifts over to um start asking banner if he's if he's ready to quote unquote suit up with the rest of us you know he's Stark knows that there's always a chance for this to go haywire and there's going to be... They're going to need him. They're going to need him. There's going to be crazy violence and fights and explosions and stuff. He just knows it's always a possibility. And uh, and so he makes the, the little comment of, um, you know, are you, are you ready to suit up with us if the time comes? And Banner comes back and says, you know, I don't get a suit of armor. Um. You know, he's, he's, he's the reference or he says, I'm exposed. I'm like a nerve. And so I kind of take that a little bit as he doesn't get to hide behind a mask. He doesn't get to hide behind a suit of armor. He, what you see is what you're getting with him, even though it's a different version of him and him being exposed like a nerve is it's painful for him to make that transformation and Hulk out and be, the other guy, as he calls him, um, maybe not necessarily physically painful, which I'm sure it is, but he's the the emotional and the the mental uh, brain that it puts on him because it's it's a lot, and he he has to deal with the aftermath. He has to he has to deal with the aftermath of actions that he has yet to learn how to control, and right. that to him is super painful because it's it's still him doing it. It's just right. the other guy of him doing it. 
Yeah, and the other part of this that I love is when Tony's talking about what happened to him and he's talking about, you know, the shrapnel and and how the uh, little circle in his chest, you know, he's like, this is a terrible privilege. And, you know, they're going back and forth and that's how what he's trying to get Banner to see is the Hulk is a privilege. You know, embrace, embrace who you are. Embrace, embrace who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, I can learn to control things. And, you know, and then they go on just talking about the accident and all this stuff. And basically, you know, all that radiation should have killed you. It didn't for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah, take he, it. He's doing that. And you're talking about the shrapnel and stuff, just kind of pointing out that they all have something that's wrong, I guess you could say. Some sort of wound. Right. They all, yeah, they all have some sort of wound. They all have you know, something that could have caused them to give it to just to give up. He's got freaking shrapnel in his heart. He could have just gave into it and, but he, he fought through it and it's, he's using his, uh, what could have been his downfall and could have brought him down as, you know, his springboard into doing great things. And I think that like what you said, he's trying to inspire that in banner and like you have, you know, you see it as a curse, like how he sees the trap and his heart. It could be a curse, but it's a blessing. Use it. You know, embrace mm-hmm. it and and use it for good. So, I was trying to find. Supposedly, there's an Easter egg in that scene <clears throat> when Banner's talking about how Hulk saved his life. You can see Hulk's reflection in that screen when they're going back and forth. I was stopping it left and right. I didn't see it. So I don't know if it's actually there or not. Supposedly there's an Easter egg in there. Hmm. If you guys can find it, cool. Let us know. Give us the time frame, that is. But I sure didn't see it. I'm going to give my try at it while you guys go on to the next part. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> now Cap's on his scavenger hunt. Yep, Cap's uh, on his scavenger <laughs> He's fixing to start opening some crates, and he's going to buy, you know, his worst fear. So it, it looks like the shield is going to try and use the technology for hydro weapons. Which is what Steve fought against his whole life. Right. <clears throat> Fighting against the bad guy. Next thing you know, we see there's old Eric again, just super happy. And he's uh, got the iridium that looks like it's already been refined. So he's placing it into the little reactor, the little machine that he's building. And then they actually, um, <clears throat> they reference Jane Foster, where Jane's been. Yeah, just basically. Sure, Thor. Yep which is that, you know, just very suddenly she gets all the expenses, all the money she wants. And you can kind of see Thor, the relief in Thor's face at that point. So it's just, this scene here, I remember watching this made me like Coulson even more because he can, he can be tough when he needs to be, but at the same time, he gets these guys to like 
almost open up to him. He's he's just a very likable character. He really is. And it really makes human resource director. (laughs) He just knows what's going to motivate every one of these guys. That's true. He's. I mean. I never thought of him as the the HR director, but you're right. The Avengers. And he's not an Avenger. He's not. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I, I've never thought of him as the HR director, but you're right. And it's just a very touching scene, you know, where you can see Thor's torn this whole first part of this movie with doing the right thing and bringing his brother to justice. He's extremely torn at this part. I mean, I, you can't really say more than that. Than I mean, this whole scene, and you know, and then you got Fury coming down and telling him, you know, Thor goes, "What are you asking me to do?" And Fury's just looking him in, uh, eye to eye, um, looking him in the eyes with one of his eye. Uh, what are you prepared to do? Yeah, what are you prepared to do? And because we know Fury is prepared to do whatever it takes. But I don't think at this point in time, we just don't know how ruthless Fury can be, too. Right. Yeah. If you read the comics, you knew. Right. But it, we've only seen this is only like this. This is the most screen time Fury's gotten at this point. Yeah. So we don't know. <clears throat> and then you get that line like, why do I feel like Loki's the only one that wants to be? Yep. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you see uh, Natasha sitting there. She's having a chit-chat with Loki about Barton. You know, what's he doing? Where's he at? She's just talking to him. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and this scene pulled me the first time I watched it. And it had been a while since I had seen this. So when I came back and rewatched it again here recently, it it got me again. Like, I, I totally forgot the how good she is at what she does. Mm-hmm. So Basically, good. long story short on this one, <clears throat> she gives Lo- Loki a bunch of, a bunch of bullshit stories, mm-hmm. gets him to open up, tell what his plan is. Without telling and, what his plan is. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like she's, she knows what to listen for. And as soon as she hears it, that he mentioned what, what exactly did he say? Um, you know, I mean, she's basically she's trying to bargain for Barton, or is what she's saying. <clears throat> when he asked her, well, "What do you get for it?" And you know, "What do you get for working for Shield?" And she's like, "I got red on my ledger. I get to wipe it out." That's her motivation. And then Loki starts bringing up a bunch of her past. And he's like, Barton told me everything. Well, and then she gets, and then toward the end, she gets emotional. Mm -hmm. She says, you monster. And she's like, no. And then Loki says, no, you brought the monster. Mm -hmm. And then she turns it off. Like, oh, so it's Banner. Yeah. Another day at the office. (laughs) <laughs> Loki means to unleash the Hulk. And she bolts and Loki's and... looking like a dumbass. <clears throat> She's like, thank you for your cooperation in this matter. 
And that so just, so it just shows, yeah, it shows just like Kyle was saying, how good she is. Mm -hmm. You don't realize because she's, she she's the, the only, yeah, her and Clint are the only two without powers on the team. Clint's got arrows and she is just, a, she's a master spy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Which, so you reference for and against her. Right. So you referenced Fury was the HR director. What would Natasha be? <clears throat> An outside consultant. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't because you that's don't trust true. her. They have to gain your trust. And that's the hardest thing about being a consultant is you know the people that you're trying to help, they know that you're not one of them. Right. So you have to work extra hard to build this relationship and this trust and everything to get them to buy into what you're selling. And I mean, that's kind of what I feel like she has to do. And the only person she's done it for to this point is Barton. But that's because right. they're both consultants, essentially. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so we're looking here. So then, they, you know, she makes the call. They cut back, and you have Banner and, and Stark. Um, they're they're starting to, you know, they're talking with Fury about, you know, where's the Tesseract tracking and all that. And then, um, Tony asks, you know, what's what's Phase Two? Just like blunt, straight to the point, very Tony Stark. And, and then Rogers comes in and drops again. <laughs> it's all, all going to hell and hand us the period. Yep. <clears throat> I just like I like uh, Caps. Well, sorry, Caps. Very. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to use that term. Very aged response that the computers were working too slow for you. <laughs> you knew what interweb. I was. <clears throat> the interweb wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I don't trust no computers. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just it's just the TV, Grandpa. It's not real. Yeah. Pappy Rogers, well, he, he puts it down. And you can just see Fury. It's like, it, this would have been a great, just, if you wanted to have a good stereotypical Samuel L. Jackson moment for him to go off the rails, this would have been it. Right. You know, I know it wouldn't have fit everything, but this would have been the time for him to go full pulp fiction and explaining things that way but with righteous fury mm -hmm. well and then they're you know he's trying to explain something to cat natasha <clears throat> walks in maybe i think thor's with her too but then the blame goes natasha did you know about this so it's like yeah. <clears throat> so you you see where was this okay so this is when the, the the infighting starts, right? This is when they start pointing fingers and mm -hmm. and they're just kind of starting to nip at each other, you know. And it happened pretty quick. And you know, Cap's calling out Stark. Stark's calling out Cap. Um, I'm still not sure if this just happened because of the conflict and personalities, or if this was some influence from Loki, like his. His no, powers. Was, I'm I think sure. it was both. I yeah. think it was both too. And okay. I think you know, at this point in time, he had a connection with the with the staff too. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. 
I definitely think it uptick people's emotions, as you can tell by you know at the very end of this scene. You know, Banner doesn't even know he's holding it. Right. Mm-hmm. One, like you guys are saying too, it's the it's like when you're drunk, you're gonna do stuff just because you're drunk. You're not gonna say things that you wouldn't not that you would not say. Yeah. It just releases your inhibitions. So yeah. I mean, you you thought of it at some point and so there was this tension was already there this was yeah. just kind of the the, the i guess you could say the catalyst this yeah this was this the, the fuse point mm-hmm. um there's there's a line that came out of this so you know purity explains why they're developing the weapons because of the now there's a new threat you know we there's something that we hadn't seen before and they're just throwing lines back and forth. You know, Tony says, well, the nuclear option, that always works out well. And then Fury's, you know, tell us again how you made your money, Stark. So everybody's, like, taking jabs. Like, it's just keep shots abound at everybody. Everybody's poking at everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, like you said, you know, talking about Cap and, and Tony, where you start seeing <clears throat> that that build up to to things later like in civil war where they really they start poking at each other again mm-hmm. you know um yeah you know yeah like i said you see the staff blowing so there there's obviously some influence from loki on there which that's drawing his team to you know where they are um and then Cap and Tony have have their conflict moment. You know, Tony's calling out Cap. Cap's telling him, you know, put on the armor. Well, um, this part also brings up one of Tony's classic lines too. <clears throat> he said, "Yeah, big man in the suit of armor. Take that off, and what are you?" B Rob, you remember what he said? Uh, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, philanthropist, and don't forget genius. Genius, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. And yep. then Tasha's just like, yeah, <laughs> her shoulders. Yeah, she's like, he's right. No, I want to quote this this one line for line because you know we're talking about things that that they do so good of, of planting the seeds early mm-hmm. um, in these movies for things uh, way later to come. And I'm going to quote it straight off the movie because I don't want to mess this one off, mess this one up. Um. Where Cap, you know, tells him, "I know ten guys, or no guys that were ten of you." So you, you really only fight for yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play to lay down the wire and let the other guy crawl over you. That line right there. That's what stuck for you. So big later, because he tells Tony, "Like you're, you're, you're selfish. You're not the type of guy that would sacrifice himself to save anyone other than yourself." Mm-hmm. We know how that pans out later, but yeah, we know exactly how that pans out that, later. That just that just stuck in the rewatch. That the first time you see it, you know, you, and he says, "Oh, you know, I would just cut the wire." You're like, okay, that's typical Tony. But then you go back and rewatch it, and knowing how things pan out through the the course of the series and several movies later, and when it all 
phase three ends and stuff, then like, oh, okay, that line has so much more meaning for Tony later. Wait a minute. Time stone? What? Gonna go gonna roll back. Time stone. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, ready, ready. You see that, Kyle? I did it. You see that, Kyle? I'm gonna have to put another one of those cuts in. <laughs> yes, 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 with yes. the time stone. If you're listening to this, you need to go to the YouTube and watch what just happened. I just rolled back time with the time stone. I thought you could just pull that chair. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one, Kyle. Okay. So there's infighting, there's infighting. <clears throat> and then we see this Quinjet flying outside. Which I really, really love this part because I can't find anyone who can tell you that Hawkeye is their favorite Avenger. I like I like Hawkeye, but I can't tell you anyone who says you know he's my favorite. Hmm. B. Rob, are you there? Is he frozen for you? He's frozen for me. He looks unhappy. He looks sad. B. Rob, are you sad? Look, he's back. My AirPods aren't working. <clears throat> <laughs> Did your headset die? <laughs> These computers aren't moving yeah, fast that enough for you. One hundred percent charged, and it died. Video oh. kills battery. Real quick. Uh, we are creeping up on two hours, so. Well, would you like to end it here, and we we can we can continue. We can pick up again. We're at like, there'll be about an hour. Your call, left. sir. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have about an hour of the movie left. Yep, so give or take. Have to do two more episodes. Yep, because we're getting up to about half an hour. You know what? Which is fine because I love picking apart these with you guys. So. Yeah. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> you know, B Rob, you may if you're doing conferences, you may invest in. Uh, Justin did um, one of the blue Yeti yeah. mics like Kyle and I got. That's that's what he uses. They're like 120 bucks, and mm. they just it magnifies your voice so much better. Yeah, I have to. Yep. I'll and, some ideas from alternatives to them too that work. Yeah, and you can write. Well, it can be a tax write-off for him, or yeah, he can uh, do a work yeah. write-off. Yep. There you there go. You go. So, so <clears throat> with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have run into some technical difficulties tonight. So we are going to end it here. We are at an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Give or take a little bit. And almost two and a, <laughs> almost three and a half hours into podcast land with it. So. Mm -hmm. That just tells you we we just we dissect these things, and yeah. we love doing it, and we love how you all are supporting us by listening to it. 
So please keep that up. We appreciate you guys. Um, mm -hmm. So we will be back for uh, MCU Avengers Part 3. Yeah. MCU and, Phase 1 Avengers Part 3. And then eventually <laughs> uh, Part 4, I have a feeling. Mm -hmm. So we were going to do a... We were planning on a different episode with um, with James on... Uh, I'll tell you guys now. Our next one is going to be a uh, episode on prop making and cosplay, which James is uh, amazing on. So that'll be pushed back for another three weeks at this point. But that is completely fine because these are so much fun to do. <laughs> yeah. So... And that actually gives me time to write more of uh, the commercials anyway. So I'm not prepared after having vertigo this week. So, <laughs> but with that, uh, we did last episode, we did the nerd drum. So we won't be mm -hmm. doing it for this one. Um, and we haven't, did you get the new nerd drum out yet? I don't think I did. I think I need to do that. We need to do that. Yeah. So, B Rob being the guest, what are you reading so or I'm watching about this week? A fourth, maybe a little over a fourth of the way through Ready Player One. And there are so many differences. It really pissed me off now. <laughs> so, uh huh. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing that. And we are watching. Um, I'm behind the season on The Flash. So I am getting caught up on The Flash because I love that show. Don't know how I got an episode or a whole season behind. Mm -hmm. And then we are finishing also Rome. I can't remember if I brought that one up or not. Uh, yeah, from the it's HBO. Like, you know, it's like 2005, 2006, but I thought I'd watched all of the good HBO right. shows. But um, let's see. With uh, was that Lucy no, Lawless that, in that? I believe too. That's Spartacus. No, that's she Spartacus. did something out One of the Spartacus. No, I think it was Spartacus. Yeah, was in Spartacus. Like Ray Stevenson, as Titus Pulo, and then. I don't know what the other dude's name is other than he's that's right. Grey's Anatomy. Um, but um, that's right. Really awesome series. Um, so we're hoping to finish the finish binge watching that probably this week. So right. It's a binge. That is a binge. Oh, awesome. So are you yeah, liking it so far? Probably nine episodes in. I think we're almost done with season one. So oh, wow. um, we should be able to finish it after the weekend, I think. Um, but Ready Player One, uh, Dylan Crossland. I know Kyle, you told me to read it too. Yeah, you both of you did. Yeah, the book just pisses you off <laughs> if, if you read it before you uh, watch the movie. So watch the movie first for sure because the movie was good. The book's better. Mm -hmm. Movie movie was good. I, yeah, I think doing that in that order is so much better. Like, I was just mad. It's like, where, where's Oklahoma? Like, I, anytime, because we don't get a whole lot of love in. Well, it's that literature or movies, unless it's you know, like tornadoes or tigers, or, or, or killers of the flower moon. So, well, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you finally right. actually brought the second one already, too. I got them as a yeah. package deal. So, oh, I gotta read the second one. <laughs> Stop um, it. Stop it. The second one. The second one. So, <clears throat> Kyle, what are you reading or watching this week? 
Um, I haven't got to watch much. The only thing that we actually had time to sit down and watch because I had my kids this last weekend. Uh, I, I snuck this one in on my kids, uh, especially on my daughter because you know I told you like she's uh, she's gonna be a teenager like really soon, like within a few weeks. So no, I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna have a teenage daughter, and and so that you know getting at that age where it's you can tell like I'm wanting to do things with her. And I realize that some of the things are just like those typical, like very nerdy dad things. Not like the nerdy stuff like we're talking about, but like when you right. think of the, the nerdy shit that dads do, it's like thinking of it from the eyes of a kid, like, Oh God, why are we going to go do this? Or why are we doing this? This seems so boring, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so I tricked her into watching goofy movie. This such a great there. movie. God, such a great movie. And, you know, I, I, that's one of my favorite movies growing up. You know, I still watch it to this day. And, like, I instantly want to call my dad and, you know, and check up with him. Like, hey, when are we going fishing and stuff like that? So I, I snuck that one in on her in, in hopes of you kind of parking a little bit in there. Like, you know, still there's, there's reasons behind why we do things that we do as parents. Uh, even if you don't see it now, you'll see it later. And so I hope that kind of stuck a little bit. Um, and so that's really the only thing that I've got to. Uh, my kids uh, go visit their mom. And so I do a lot of, I get a lot more, try to get more streaming and uh, editing and things in during this time. Cause you know, uh, I don't have the little interruptions, So I try to cram as much in as I can on during this this time and uh i think i've got one of our old episodes i need to go back and edit <laughs> because we're apparently really out of sync on our audio the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's some legacy we're keeping that one it's already out there as it's as <laughs> we're not we can't retcon that one b rob <laughs> when you all of a sudden have a competition so <laughs> so what we're watching this week is um we're trying to get in at least two episodes a night if we can the chilling adventures of sabrina we're about i think we're on episode 10 of season two right now and man that show is just so freaky and good it really is just it's nothing what i thought it would be because i was a big fan of archie growing up you know and like the uh, Archie represents Americana and just, you know, just wholesome stories. And, you know, Sabrina's in there. Well, you think of the Melissa Joan Hart like TGIF one, too. Yes, yes. And like this, this 180s it. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the main characters in there who plays her, her teacher, if you haven't seen it for season one, her teacher, will always know her as Missy. Uh, from Doctor Who. That's who she's always going to be for us, as Michelle Gomez. Um, she did, I know you don't know, but she was great at it. She played one of the incarnations of the Master. Uh, so we did that. And then uh, because of WandaVision, um, after this last episode, I've dug out and I'm rereading um, my trade of Vision Quest again, which is basically what WandaVision's based off of. 
So I've been rereading that. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, that's what I'm watching and reading. So, B-Rob, one thing you have learned this past week. One thing I have learned. Um, oh, the, how much I enjoy teasing my, my son about girls. Just the little things in life. <laughs> and he's at that age now where a lot of people, a lot of the people he plays with right now, he already plays with a lot of girls at recess and a lot of his friends, close friends are, are girls. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just mm -hmm. tonight at his hitting lesson was a good example of being able to, hey, if you're going to dance like that in the batter's box, why don't you go ask one of those little softball players to dance? And uh, that was after one of them called. So it was, uh, it was funny uh -huh. messing with a yeah. seven-year-old a little bit. Well, that's, I think that's our job as parents. Yeah. Kyle? Um, learned a couple of things this week. I learned how to uh, splice in some really interesting footage to our YouTube videos and how to reverse that footage for a really cool effect. So, <laughs> yeah. so, I can't wait till you guys see this. I was, I was happy that it's out there. So if you guys haven't watched it, it's, it's on our one division seven episode for you guys that are listening. I'm, I'm really proud of something I did on the YouTube side. So uh, if you you'll, wait in on the eight. Or episode eight, sorry. Yeah, uh, one division episode eight. He's trying to uh, retcon it. Yeah, messed up, but it's there. Not my my desk pad over, but uh, yeah, learned that and uh, learned to like. I'm pretty cynical of any service provider, whether it's you know electric or water or anything when something's going bad like utility wise i've had kind of a bad run last couple of weeks there's been a water leak on my street for going on a week now that i've called in and nobody's come to fix yet and it's really kind of screwing up my life with trying to get into my driveway and because uh, there's a dirt road access to where i actually park in the driveway and they still haven't fixed it yet so there's that and all the other utility things were going on but for almost a week now i've been having really bad issues with my internet things freezing up um typically on the upload side like if you're watching videos and stuff like if you're streaming uh like netflix or whatever it's not something that you're going to usually notice because you have a uh it, it caches ahead there's the, the kind of the opposite of the buffer there you know, those programs will cache a few minutes ahead to uh so you don't you know usually catch that buffering uh, for me when i'm streaming or when i'm doing these zoom calls my connection would drop out things would freeze up which uh, sucks when I'm streaming on Twitch because my connection drops off and lose viewers and it's just, it's a bad thing. Um, anybody new coming in, it's really tough on our podcast side uh, because you guys might know we do this through Zoom and you're relying on three separate connections to come in and everything to sync up and it doesn't always do that. And through the magic of editing, I kind of fixed that on the backhand side, <laughs> but when the connection was dropping off and all that, it, it just made it terrible. So you know, I made a couple calls and, and, you know, I did yesterday and they're like, well, well, you know, I did all the stuff I'm supposed to do here. They, they, uh, shot a signal in and reset my modem remotely. I'm sure is what they did. Uh, last night it was doing it again. And I messaged like, Hey, I'm still having this problem. And they're like, Oh, well, we fixed it. It's like, I was having this problem at midnight last night and it's eight 30 in the morning now. I'm pretty sure I'm still having the problem unless you guys magically fixed it between midnight and eight 30 AM. I'm pretty sure I'm still going to have that problem. They're like, well, just check it when you get home. And if you still have an issue, let us know. And it's been working perfect since I got home. So sorry, internet guys, if I was a little 
mistrusting that you've hit something before 8.30 in the morning and got my stuff fixed, but we're good. To be, so. to be fair, you were at work, so they could have done it after they talked to you. They could have. You know, that's probably what happened. You know what? I didn't learn anything. I bet that's exactly what happened. <laughs> sneaky sons of bitches. They came in after. They're like, oh, yeah, I screwed up and told them I'm not going to be home till later. They're like, get somebody out now. Get Phil out there and fix the line. So. Today, Kyle learned reverse human compassion. Um, hey, for that uh, leaky pipe, I got some duct tape. Mm, it's in the ground. It's like it's at the street curb. It's like it's running down the road. I got some big duct tape. Yeah, but then I have to dig something up, and I don't really do that. So Okay, well, I mean, I offered. Basically, the city's been running like a two-and-a-half-inch water hose wide open down my street for the last week. You should that's, just, that's the amount of water that's just pouring down my street. You know it'll get a response. Just go start bathing in it. Just yeah, every right. day. Just just go start taking a bath in it. Someone will call, and it'll eventually get fixed. Maybe find a new co-host. You know what? <laughs> And live, live from Big Mac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very indecent exposure is what the <laughs> Big Mac. Chris, what did you learn here mm-hmm. in uh, Oklahoma? What I learned, I learned vertigo sucks balls. I got vertigo for the first time ever Monday. And I woke up, thought I was okay. Just everything was spinning the minute I got up. Like, it's like those bad, if you've never had it, it's like those uh, bad TV shows, you know, where the, the guy's like, oh, I'm drunk, and like they, they just start spinning the camera around, but they're just staying in one place. That's how it kind of was. I knew it was really bad when I was trying to pee, and then I fell over <laughs> midstream. Wow. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, cut. Kyle was having stream problems. I was having stream problems. (laughs) Um, And then... I I shouldn't laugh, but I'm going to because I just... I was was trying to... Another point in time, and it's probably TMI, but this makes for a great story. I was using my tushy, my bidet, after doing something. And it kind of scares you at first. It always does, no matter how many times you use it. I fell off again because of it because I was just, everything was spinning and it kind of made me jump a little bit and I went, whoop. <laughs> so uh, having vertigo sucks and I'm lucky mine just lasted for a day. It lasted literally all day. You know, I've heard where it's lasted weeks for people and it's just, you cannot do anything. Like I told my wife, I go, you think you should try and drive into work? She goes, no. So now I go, yeah, you're right. I, I'm having stream problems, so. <laughs> That'll get you, get you like a safety belt for your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, buckle up. Buckle up. We got one coming. <laughs> oh, God, please, please. We'll put a monitor or a, a TV up in the bathroom, and then you have got to do the safety video for me just before <laughs> Like give it like a flight attendant. Now tighten it. The exits are here and really just over there. Put it down. Flush Put it. it down. <laughs> oh, so with that, thank you for listening to my vertigo issues and Kyle's stream problems and uh 
uh, B-Rob uh, tortures young children. Um, mm -hmm. With that, we will be back next week for MCU Phase 1 Avengers Part 3. We'll try and get at least through another half an hour. No promises. And with that, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Everyman's Guide to Nerddom. With that, I'm Chris. I'm Kyle, and thank you, B-Rob, for putting up us with us again. And Thank you. I feel like inside. my technical difficulties I add, uh, add more to the, the podcast, so, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't it be happens. one without them. Nope. <laughs> so, thank you all, and we'll see you later. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Nerd Coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd Coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd Coke. Just a made up